Hello, all, and welcome to the Fantasy and Sci-Fi Fanatics podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Kubal. Today, I have with me a very special guest, Anna Stevens. Anna, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm really good. Thank you. Uh, thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm uh, excited to be here. Oh, it's excellent. I, I, I always love when I, you know, I'm, I'm reading somebody's books and I'm like, oh, I really want to get them on. <laughs> I just like, you know, send out a random Twitter or TikTok message. So I was so happy that, you know, we could connect and, you know, obviously, like I, I'm sure everybody knows by now that, <laughs> you know, I have a crazy <laughs> schedule with the baby and everything. So I was so happy with people that were able to fit so many people in this week, such as yourself. So yeah, it makes, yeah, makes my definitely. writing time a lot better by the end of the week. <laughs> get so many ideas from you guys. I'm just like, start going. So really glad we could get you in today. So I really appreciate it. Uh, cool. No problem. Yeah, of course. Of course. So we'll start with that first question. It's a fan favorite. What has your writing journey been like up until this point? Okay. Um, I would say that probably up until I got my agent, it was pretty standard hmm. in as much as um, I kept writing stuff, sending it out, getting it rejected, sulking, having <laughs> a drink, um, and then starting the process again. Um, it took me uh, so it took me thirteen years from my first draft to get to my agent. So mm. that's one three, 13 years. Um, and almost forty agent rejections uh-huh. um, to get to that point. So um, I'm glad that I'm really stubborn um, because if I wasn't, I probably would have given up uh, a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. Um, I suppose the one thing that people think is a little bit strange about my writing journey is that um, every one of those submissions was for the same book. Mm -hmm. Um, So over the course of 13 years, what I did was I wrote and rewrote and rewrote and rewrote the book that went on to become Godblind, my debut. Um, So every other writer that I've ever spoken to about this has said, I would have given up on that story and just written something else. You know, that's why people say that they've got like five or six manuscripts that are just sitting in a drawer somewhere. Um, and I don't have that because I just kept on because that was the story that I was determined to tell. And I was, I, those were the characters that got under my skin. Um, and I, I always said, if I was going to get a public, a book published, that was the one it was going to be. Um, which is a little bit mad because <laughs> arguably I might have found success a little bit earlier if I hadn't have done it that way. Um, but things are what they are. Um, and then in uh, 2016, my agent, Harry Illingworth, um, he put out a tweet saying that he was looking for um, Joe Abercrombie-esque novels uh big epic fantasy novels quite gritty um and it was around christmas time and i and i saw this tweet and i tweeted back um and i just said i'm not exactly joe abercrombie um (laughs) but you know i'm i'm possibly i'm possibly in the same ballpark um and he just responded saying yeah great send it to me which you know after I picked myself off of the floor, I was like, oh my God, an agent just expressed interest in me. Um, and then I submitted. Uh, so I sent it off to him. Um, and then life got in the way and I didn't check my email for a week. And when I did, I found that he'd emailed me after about two days requesting the rest of the manuscript. Oh, wow. So then I had an absolute panic because I thought, oh, my God, I should have responded within like 12 (laughs) seconds to his email, not, you know, a week later. Um, So I sent sort of a groveling apology in the rest of the manuscript. Um, I'd had a couple of requests for for full manuscripts by that point, but I had a really strange good feeling about this one. Mm. Um, I don't know why. I don't know why it was as if the stars were aligning, but um, I actually put the agency's phone number in my mobile phone, which I'd never done before. And then I was at work one day and my phone rang and I looked down and it said, the the agency? (laughs) 
a, a meeting room in the office <laughs> and um, I had the most surreal conversation of my life, which was, um, I, I love the book and I'd, I'd really like to represent you. Um, and yeah, so that was, that was how I got signed. Um, and then it was a pretty much a whirlwind from there. Um, we sold Goblind and the sequel. So we sold the trilogy um, within about five months, I think. So we'd done, Harry oh, and wow. I had done some work on it. Um, and then he basically sent what was, what was pretty much a draft, a better draft, but still a draft um, after Harper Voyager. Um, and then they preempted. So it just, and things just snowballed and, and he was phoning up and saying, hey, they want this, and but I'm going to ask them for more. And I was like, <laughs> oh my God, can you do that? <laughs> um, I didn't really know anything about the publishing world, so it was a really steep learning curve. Um, and then, yeah, you know, so first trilogy came out and then they bought the second trilogy. Um, and then I started doing work for a couple of other IPs as well. So. Um, Black Library for Games Workshop, um, and latterly um, Marvel Comics. Uh, and then the pandemic happened and like publishing just went to shit, basically. I, yeah. Am I allowed oh, to swear? Yeah, you're fine. We put a rating. You're all right. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, <laughs> and it's totally yeah, true. So, it really did. <laughs> it really, it really did. did. It really did. Um, so we managed to scrape out the first book of my new series, in the November 2020 um, and then like all the delays finally caught up with me and so the sequel is now not due out until February next year mm. um, which is is sad um, and I, I feel like you know we obviously we've lost a lot of momentum from that but so has every other author who's had a delay yeah, yeah. so you've just got to trust that your readers are still there and and do interviews like this you know just try and <laughs> you know come to me <laughs> there are some people where you know like i had scott drakeford on and um like he was one person that was like you know working with a while for tour on his and then he was like right about to release and i want to say he was like supposed to be the end of march <laughs> for 2020 oh. and and then he was like you know so i he just released like um like this winter and i was just like oh my gosh you know and um yeah i've, I've talked to quite a few people where you know they're in the totally same boat you know it's like uh but i do feel like you know like i so for instance like i love ra salvatore I wish uh, Elaine Cunningham would come back and write some more of her own Forgotten Realms. Like I wish that, like she was my favorite, um, just amazing writer. And, um, you know, but like, I, like for instance, like, you know, I had picked up everything that he had for a while and Bob took a break, you know, from the Forgotten Realms, came back with the Dritz stuff. And I think it was probably like a six year gap. And I'm like, yep, give me. <laughs> like, yeah. instead of my friend, I was like, I don't really care how long it is. I'm like, I was, I, there's so many things to read or I feel like I, don't have the problem where I used to have, you know, where I was just going after six authors. Now I feel like two years passes and I barely notice. <laughs> like, but yeah. Scott's like, well, when you're the author, you'll definitely notice. I'm like, that's fair. That's fair. So yeah, definitely, definitely was not fun for the industry. Just like you were saying. No, <laughs> no definitely not. Well, I got to say, I absolutely love, um, you know, your cover for Godblind, Dark Soul and Bloodchild. Like those are just... I love graphic design and those are just right. absolutely stunning. Can you, can you can you see? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They look absolutely amazing. Cool. I'll do all three. Oh really? Oh that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's super cool. <laughs> that's super cool. You know, I also <laughs> just because I, I love the covers myself. So yeah, yeah. any chance to show them off, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's awesome. Well, I always <laughs> I, I also really liked um, I think the first book I read of yours. Um, which I was just trying to figure out earlier on Goodreads if I if I ever end up finishing I know it was like in two different grad I was switching from one grad school getting done and then I had to go back to school again it was like crazy um, but the stone knife um, mm. I absolutely love that one too like that one really stood out to me I was like oh that's a really cool one so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I've been I've been really really lucky with um, with my cover art for all of my books um yeah, so the, the the stone knife was it was really nice because it was it was very different to the first trilogy. Um, it was you know obviously it's got that real lush feeling going on. Yeah, yeah. 
and the you know the little hints of the magic and the songstone and stuff like that in the cover um oh, which cool. which i really liked um and then the the jaguar path which is the sequels coming out in february um oh, cool. it's it's like is riffing on the like the same sort of cover it's it's the same sort of basic design but like the, the color scheme's different and there's mm. a few different points to it and stuff so i think they're all three of them are going to hang together really well oh that's cool um, so yeah yeah very lucky with my covers i love them yeah and like serpent of the dead i just like that that one too to me like the first time <laughs> i saw it i I actually, I don't even think I made it home. <laughs> like I, I was like at the store and somebody shared it. And um, I think, I, I think actually it was either Scott Odin or Richard uh, Lee Byers shared it. I can't remember which one of them shared it first. So we're seeing both of them shared it the same day. And I was like, what is that? And then um, <laughs> one of my friends told me and I actually pre-ordered it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I need yeah. that. Uh, and then I remember like sitting around waiting on like Barnes and Noble or whatever to uh, to contact me and to finally like, yeah, it's ready. I'm like, oh, cool. So, yeah, it was really neat. Uh, I love the world that you and like Richard have. I feel like you guys have done a really good job, like immersing yourselves with, you know, the the characters. But like I've just mm. like adding so much to them. I mean, mm. and I now I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm like, well, who else could you know, you guys use in the Marvel universe, you know, verse to do that. And it's just, I don't know, with, I was just talking to this about another, with another author about, you know, like I felt like, you know, it like Marvel is such a great mix of science fiction and fantasy and yeah, know, as guardians in particular. So I, I feel like, you know, there's probably some, you know, other cool novels out there, you know, like Hercules is a, a good example, you know, the, the, they have like a lot of cool, you know, villains and, you know, different heroes and stuff like you guys yeah. were able to intermix and stuff. But yeah, super, super, super cool. I never would have thought that would have been something I wanted. And now I'm like, I need more. So I hope that they're <laughs> all doing well for you guys. So that way I get to read more of them. So and I always love Sif and Brunhild just in general, because I'm a history teacher. So Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. They're, they're definitely two of my favorites. A lot of people have used them in the last I'd say like 10 years and I just love it because it always adds, you know, to, because you always, you always got to wonder, you know, like Thor gets his time and everything, but mm. I, I just always like these other characters and, you know, from mythology and stuff. And I'm like, there's a lot of cool people there. So I like that you guys were able to, you know, use the, you know, the Marvel comics, but the mythology and, you know, really put, you know, some cool stories together. I really think it adds to, you know, the genre just in general and just kind of adds a new facet to it. Cause I don't think a lot yeah. of people would have thought to do that. So I think that that's a, a really, really yeah. Smart move. Yeah. And I, I think, um, cause, because Marvel comics has been going for such a long time and they have reinvented the character so many times in so many different ways, you know, there's so many different universes and multiverses yep. and parallel worlds and they die and get resurrected. And, you know, it just, it, it's almost as if, like these are the archetypes this is what you can write within but other than that you know go ham you can you can do you can do anything you like um so that has been like it's been really interesting really quite freeing in a way I mean yes there are there are things you're allowed to do and things you're not allowed to do um and they are very you know they are very strict on that and that's as it should be because they own they own that world and they own yeah. those characters. Um, but because they because they have regenerated them themselves so many times, they're quite happy for you to put those characters in a situation and just say, well, yeah, I'm sure that would work in one of the universes. And they go, yeah, okay, that's fine. Um, so yeah, so in that respect, it's been it's been really exciting. Uh very exciting project to work on and you know I mean just seeing seeing that little that little logo next to my name <laughs> um <laughs> is kind of like you know mind-blowing oh yeah um uh but yeah I am I am actually working on another Legends of Asgard novel at the moment oh that's awesome uh which I can't talk about other than yeah, yeah. it does exist oh um, and well that's fine now now I can breathe so that's okay yeah look out <laughs> for it next spring hopefully oh, late spring awesome. well that's super cool I I feel like you know like I, I talked to a few people about you know who did Warhammer um you know who like Rob J Hayes I know did some stories for them and mm. 
I think it was two or three short stories. And he was like, oh my gosh, he was like, they were so crazy. <laughs> like, you know, like you, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. And he like was really like, cause I think he said at the time, you know, like he had to really read up, but there was just so many rules and this and that. Um, yeah. So I just, I, not, now, now I, now I really, I, you got my mind whirling now. I'm like, well, could, you know, could Richard's like Hamdel and like Erdis Alba, like movie Hamdel come together and do like the coolest buddy cop, you know, story of all time. Like it just like blew my mind now. Like I'm, and now it's just like, there's so many more possibilities. Like you said, with the multiverse, like, oh my gosh, like my, well, I mean, my that, writer. That's the thing, <laughs> isn't it? You know, yeah. I mean, if they, if they did a, they did a tie in series or like maybe there's a tie in TV series, which brings, oh, cool. which brings Marvel cinema and Marvel comics together. Oh, so, so I cool. mean, yeah, you, you could just have, you could have like so many different versions turn up, couldn't you? Well, that, that's why everybody likes Spider-Man into the multiverse. And even like yeah. the original nineties cartoon, you know, the amazing Spider-Man one, when they did their version of that, you had um, noir Spider-Man, you had 2020, you know, 2099, you know, like, yeah. I think that's why it was so cool is you're like, oh, this is really neat. You know, like there's all these different types of Spider-Man. And that was the first time I believe that um, Spider-Woman um, was on there as well um, and was brought in from the previous comic book. So, you know, it really like really made you think like, oh, this is really neat, you know, and I think yeah. now today in particular, that would be I think I just think it'd be really cool, you know, and they already started to do some of that. So, yeah, it'd be it'd be really neat to. Yeah, just to combine, you know, kind of like. Um, kind of like DC did, you know, on, you know, like the Arrowverse or whatever, um, mm. where they had theirs. Like that was cool to see, you know, different Brandon Routh as a Superman at the same time as Tom Welling at the same time as, you know, whoever like their current was, you know, one was. And yeah, yeah I, I always find those ones really interesting for Marvel and DC. So yeah, that'd be interesting if, you know, if they did that, I would, I would definitely read those novels. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I always want them to go back to the secret wars um, from like the, you know, like the original comic books and do novels for those. Cause I feel like there's, there's so many cool stories and people, um, you know, from like that time period. And that's where I was saying to my friend is, mm -hmm. you know, I said, well, you know, like Anna and Richard doing these, I said, that really, you know, opens the door for, you know, other possibilities. And, you know, it'd be, I think it'd be cool to read about, you know, uh, Black Panther's dad, like T'Challa's dad when he was the Black Panther like I thought that'd be yeah. cool to read a novel about him so I just think it's cool because I think it really opens up you know like a whole I, I really think honestly it's like it's almost like you guys are doing like a whole new genre you know like um you know I know they've had superhero you know fiction you know in yeah. Marvel and DC but it just it really opens up I think a whole different type of story within you know that genre itself yeah, so. yeah I agree I agree definitely yeah, Definitely. super, super cool. Uh, so we mentioned a little bit, but for our audience, so what genres have you or do you currently write in right now? Okay, uh, so the main, I suppose the main one is uh, epic fantasy. So that is what the, the Goblin trilogy and the Songs of the Drown trilogy are both oh, cool. um, epic fantasy. Um, some people say that it's grimdark rather than epic fantasy. Um but I always think that Grimdark is a really tricky beast to try and pin down. So some people read it and say, Grimdark as fuck. Other people read it and go, no, <laughs> Grimdark has got romance. Um, so, so really, uh, I would just say, I never classed myself as writing Grimdark. When I was writing Godline, I never thought I was writing Grimdark. Uh, I don't mind the label, um, but I don't want to get stuck within that label at the same time. Yeah, uh, so I tend to say epic fantasy that has a lot of guts in it. <laughs> um, and then I guess you'd have to say that I do write superhero fantasy um, because of because of the Marvel book, um, which you have to learn a whole set of new rules because all of a sudden people can do that shit where you're like, oh, yeah, you're just going to backflip out of the way. No one would do that in a real fight. Yeah, what yeah. if you were Lady Sif, actually? <laughs> oh, that's true, yeah. Um, so, yeah, and, like, things like being able to pick up boulders the size of cars and throw them at people, <laughs> you know? It, it's You have to get a whole range of new physics in your head to be able to do that. Um, and then I also write uh, horror. So I write for Black Library in... Um, the Age of Sigmar universe and mm. also their World ha War 
Warhammer Horror <laughs> series. Oh, cool. um, so we've got Gothel Hollow, which is my first uh, Warhammer Horror, oh, um, cool. which is the first of a four book series, um, I believe. Um, so there are other authors writing books two and three, and then I'm going to write the final book. Hmm. Um, so that's quite cool. And then I've also got stories in Inferno. I've got a novella in Covens of Blood, um, and then like various other Age of Sigma shorts as well. Um, it's all it's all firmly horror. Um, it's all firmly fantasy, hmm. but it just it either brings in elements of horror or it brings in elements of, you know, superheroes and stuff like that. Oh, that's cool. I, I always love how you and Richard both seem to have a good grasp on like the horror genre, but fantasy at the same time. And then, you know, really conglomerate them into something very unique, uh, you know, where like like me, I'm like, I, I like that type of horror and fantasy you know I like that type of um I don't know it's just that's my type of horror I'm not really into I would say like a traditional horror genre where you know um like I do I do enjoy Stephen King you know things like that it's not really like my thing necessarily but I love yeah. when someone you know is able to you know bring in the scariness into a fantasy setting I feel like you can also do a lot of cool and interesting things so yeah it's that's super cool uh, so for that third one, um, so what is your Godblind trilogy about and how were, did you come up with this idea? Okay. Um, I mean, the idea itself was very much an evolution. So over those 13 years that I talked about, every time I rewrote it, it got a little bit uh, more realistic. It, it sort mm. of, it, it moved away from its high fantasy roots, which always makes me laugh. The fact that it was originally a high fantasy and ended up being a grimdark. <laughs> um, <laughs> there's not much of a difference. Um, but it was, it was originally like the, the guiding premise way back when was, it was always going to be the story of an invasion and a conquest. Mm. Um, and it was always going to be an ensemble cast. Um, I like writing multi-point of view mm. narratives. Um, I find they give me an absolute ton of freedom. I can I can really sort of create characters that complement each other and characters that are real sort of foils for each other and, and where this one has a weakness, this one has strength and how do those characters interact. I really enjoy doing, um, doing that. Um, so the, the finished version, the Goblin Trilogy, is um, it is the story of the invasion of the kingdom of Rilpur um, oh, by cool. their ancient enemies, the Miracies, who live up in their western mountains. Um, and they are, so as the Miracies sweep down from the mountains, bringing their, um, their very, very bloodthirsty religion with them, uh, they're basically, they are, confronted with <coughs> real poor standing army um, and also a bunch of like ragtag civilian warriors um, who are just desperate to try, do anything they can to slow down the advance. Um, the, the watchers who are the, the civilians are, excuse me, um, they're led by, <coughs> well, they're actually, their chief is called Lim, but his adopted brother Dom is what is known as the Kalistar, and he is, um, he's a sort of a prophet. Mm -hmm. So he can see little glimpses of the future. So he can see what's coming. Oh, that's cool. But not necessarily in a way that he understands or anyone else understands. Um, and every time he receives this information, it takes a terrible toll on him. Mm. So he's very much... A reluctant prophet he would give it up tomorrow if he could because mm. being spoken to by the gods is immensely violating and immensely painful and draining um and he doesn't want to be that person all he wanted to be was a warrior like his brother um and instead he is basically cursed with a gift that pretty much knocks him out of the fighting quite a lot mm. so it's how he deals with it um and then there's you know there's there's 
as I said, it's an ensemble cast. There's a there's a bunch of different characters, um, and it's just how each of them deals with what is given to them over the course of the trilogy and what happens to them and the choices they have to make. Um, so one of the things that I'm always really interested in is what kind of person are you when you are at your worst? Mm, so when yeah. you are in absolute extremes, when you are running for your life, you haven't eaten in three days, you haven't slept in two days, you're wounded and someone falls next to you. Are you the person who runs on by or are you the person who stops and helps? So I've always been really interested in those questions. And by having a big cast of characters, I could play out the answers in lots of different ways. Um, so yeah, it's, it's basically, it's, it's story of an invasion. Um, it's also a religious war. It's also an examination to a certain extent of power and privilege and prejudice. Um, and it's got a lot of really cool fight scenes in it. Because <laughs> that's one of my favorite things to write. That's fair. <laughs> my friend always says, he's like, I just want to write fight scenes. I'm like, well, I don't think anybody's going to read it. If there's not a, <laughs> uh, some sort of talking or, or something. It needs to be there. a bit of a plot, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I definitely understand that. I'm always like trying to get through other things. I'm like, okay, like I'm a martial artist. So like the fight scenes are always, I feel like really easy. Um, you know, like at least I know what I'm going to put on there, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm never, never wondering about that. I'm always like, oh yeah, they could do this and this and this. And then I have to like get to like the other part and I'm like, okay. And I have to like take my time, but yeah, I definitely understand that fight scenes. I think are definitely the, the, the best thing to write in my opinion, but <laughs> it's quite often the easiest as yeah, long as you yeah. know the outcome. Oh yeah, totally. Just a case of how do you make it cool, but also realistic. Yeah. Yeah. No, true. Unless you're writing superhero fantasy, in which case it doesn't have to be realistic at all. <laughs> yeah, like totally blew my mind with that. I never even thought of that, you know, in terms of, you know, like, yeah, like what, what could they do, you know, differently? And I do feel like your writing would be totally different then. So that's like uh, Jeffrey Haskell. I was reading his um, Arsenal series uh, and I was like, oh, like he did. A I, I think people like it because it's a lot like like Arsenal is a lot like Iron Man. Um, she flies and you know, has this suit. Um, it's so interesting um, where, you know, like he brings in the physics and things. I'm like, oh yeah, that, that really wouldn't be possible, you know, yeah. unless you were somebody like Sif or Thor, you know, even if you did have a suit, you know, and yeah, it just, it really added to my writer's brain. I was like, oh, I never considered that. So <laughs> that's totally true. Yeah. I, yeah. It'd be interesting to write from that perspective as like Sif or Thor or, you know, Hamdell or, you know, Brazil, yeah. one of them. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. I mean, I, I did find what I think the thing I found the hardest with writing those is um, the idea that because they are basically immortal, where does the sense of threat come from? Yeah, yeah. If you can't, if they don't die or it takes an awful amount of work to kill them, there's no threat, you know. Yeah. So it was sort of thinking around that and being like, okay, well, what constitutes a threat when you're an immortal goddess who can teleport and, you know, is an absolute badass kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think that's so a, um, that's that was quite too. tricky to think yeah. through. But yeah, it no, also that... meant that, like, um, so near the start of the book, uh, Lady Sif fights a demon from Muspelheim. Oh, okay. Um, and I was like, right, okay, well, that's a big bad. That's going to, you know, that's going to be really difficult for her um but it just meant that you could you know you could get in like backflips and you know all this kind of stuff and they're, they're like fighting aerially and and stuff like that um but you know the threat needed to be big enough that you felt a definite sense of danger for her well-being yeah um so yes yeah, so that's been really interesting is is coming at it from from that kind of an angle <laughs> No, it makes sense. You don't want to do that Superman thing, right? Where he's always just punching his way out. Yeah, is the bullets about nothing. <laughs> yeah, oh. you feel like he doesn't actually, you know, like that was like one. I remember one um, episode of Lois and Be Lois and Clark Adventures that Brandon Sanderson talked about, where like they were trying, like he had something uh, going wrong with him and Lois, and he was like trying to fix it. And the whole episode is pretty much like him trying to fix this like human problem he was having, and then. 
you know, his Krypton side, he went and these guys were trying to, you know, to kill him and this and that. And then he went and destroyed their giant city sized robot in like two seconds <laughs> by doing X, <laughs> Y, and Z. And, you know, I'm always like, oh yeah, it was a very interesting episode, you know, but I definitely think, you know, because of the human side of him, but I was like, you know, from a writer standpoint, it's like, it never felt like he was in danger there, you know, yeah. or that it was, there wasn't a, there wasn't a sense of accomplishment, I guess is the best way to put it. So yeah. 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 I could it's see, just definitely something see else that. for him to, yeah. yeah. I can see where that would be really hard. I was thinking um, when I read, um, oh, totally blanking on which one of Richard's I, I didn't read the, uh, had a mirror. I read the other one. Um, but I remember like, you know, when, like I thought there were, there were times where I was like, you know, before when I was like reading the premise of everything with Hamdel, I'm like, well, Hamdel's a God, you know, I'm like, he's a big, strong warrior. And I was like, very, you know, surprised at, you know, the situations that, you know, Richard put him in. And it, it definitely, you know, I, I assume, you know, with Sif, it's the same, you know, it's like, you have to find that balance. I would find that hard mm. personally. I find that hard mm. with certain God-like characters that I have, um, you know, like, like, how do you come up with, you know, a villain or a monster or a situation that, you know, you do feel that, you know, they've accomplished something after, particularly if they are a god. I feel like that's very difficult to do. Yeah, it definitely takes, um, you sort of have to think in a different direction. And, and, and so it's not only that you're learning all like the new physics and yeah, actually is okay for them to do that. And, you know, it doesn't matter if they need to fall 60 feet, they're just going to land mm -hmm. on their feet and and be absolutely fine you know they're not even going to twist their ankle kind of thing that's true yeah. so you have to you know you've got to take all of that into account but then you've also got to think okay well if you can do that then what on earth is going to hurt that person yeah. um but it's but it's also fun you know it really stretches the the writing oh, yeah. brain to to actually make those decisions and think would that work and, you know <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. I got, got my writer brain working now. Like, well, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I got this one group called Champions, and they got like the light side and dark side, like Lightborn and Shadowborn. So I'm like always trying to figure out like how to, you know, how to show that they're souped up, you know, humans or creatures or beings or whatever, but then also do the same thing. So now, yeah, you got me thinking like, <laughs> never considered the superhero landing. Like, of course, they do superhero landings, they can actually do it. Whereas, I can barely even fall from like, you know, four feet anymore on my feet. <laughs> I think, I think I just went on a hill before I got in here. I think it was like three feet. And I was like, oh man, that was tough, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really funny. Uh, so you write for Black Library. Uh, so just for our audience. So what is that and how can we find your stories there? Uh, okay. Um, so Black Library is um, the publishing arm of Games Workshop, which uh, obviously is super famous for Warhammer 40k. Um, Age of Sigma is their relatively newer fantasy side of um, of the publishing and the and the gaming arm. Um, so, I mean, I'm yeah, I'm I'm published in there under obviously under the same name Anna Stevens um I've got I think I've got four short stories oh, cool. um the Daughters of Cain novella uh which was cool because I um I got to write a homicidal she-elf oh that's um, awesome <laughs> that's which cool. like, was I mean how do you make a homicidal she-elf who is given to uh basically chaos um and make her the heroine you know so oh, that's awesome that, that was interesting um and then there's also the uh the warhammer horror novel wherever that's gone i've lost it um so yeah i mean just you know just just look for anna stevens um on the on, on your black library website um and you'll you'll see my stuff oh cool i actually i actually was able to find it i don't know why i don't know what i was doing wrong before uh so for our audience <laughs> i will make sure that that is part of anna's descriptions uh, so I did find that um, right for her story. So cool. Yeah, that's super cool. I'm jealous. I, I absolutely love Warhammer and I just like my own fantasy world. I'm like writing now where it's like, I would call it not really, it's not really medieval fantasy, but like their version of that time. But like, I'm also going to eventually move forward. Like Brandon Sanderson did like 2000 years in the future. Mm. And then I want to do like a Warhammer thing where like all my old spells and, you know, 
all these things that happen, I, I want to take it out in outer space <laughs> um, and kind of kind of see what happens. I played. Um, what nice. did we play? We played um, Blackstone Keep or whatever. And yeah. Oh, my gosh. That just like I it's it, you just feel like you get that exploration piece and there's the, you know, the mystery of the alien technology and the keeps or whatever they're called. I just like, it was just so cool. I just was like, oh, I have to do something like that someday. So <laughs> I'm very jealous. And we've been doing a lot of, uh, I actually picked up quite a few books for Black Hammer, or sorry, Warhammer recently from Black Library. So I think I have like three or four. So mm. definitely, I haven't read any of them yet. My friend's waiting, waiting for book club. So I'm like really anxious. So I'll have to put yours on there. So I'm really cool. excited about that. Cool. That's super cool. So you've gotten, so, uh, you know, like, so you, you know, written for Black Library, Marvel, you know, so I feel like you, you know, what, like, other than Star Wars, and, you know, <laughs> one or other two, you pretty much got everything, you know, of, <laughs> of, <laughs> of the major ones, you know, I mean, I feel like Dune's making a comeback, you know, so maybe, uh, but yeah, that's, that's super cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, well, so, you know, I mean, if if um if Lucasfilm wants to hit me up, I was just gonna you know, say I'm, I'm available. You know, we're doing. I'm, so sure they, I'm sure they watch this podcast. <laughs> we're doing so many pitches this week. Like we're pitching you for Star Wars, and then <laughs> oh my gosh, I had like two other ones. Uh, you know, people were were just pitching random stuff. <laughs> so I'm gonna be I'm gonna laugh if one of the three of you from this week actually get something from the podcast like that would like be amazing I, I will literally die a happy man because I'm always <laughs> like I just want to have somebody go viral for something and just to like sell out of their books like that's always been my goal for the podcast I was like I don't care if it takes you know a year or 10 years I was like I just want to help somebody you know get to that next level for me that would just feel like super super cool so yeah that if anybody from <laughs> anybody from lucas films or you know any uh you know anybody from disney is watching you know you know feel free to send anna a contract so yeah yeah <laughs> she's already got the sci-fi slash fantasy stories down clearly and yep. that's what star wars is so might as well just send over the contract so <laughs> as long as i get a first copy then we'll all be okay so uh but how did it feel writing such legendary characters as sif and brunhild i mean I, I got to imagine like just from a mythological standpoint, that is super cool. But I feel like the Marvel comics in particular really showcased, you know, these powerful mythological women and you know, mm -hmm. really put them on a different pedestal. So I just got to know, like, how did it feel working on two legendary characters like that? Um, it was, it, <laughs> excuse me, sorry. <coughs> it was, uh, it was really, it was really strange actually because um it was the aconite books who are the the tie-in yep. official publishers um they put out basically like an open submissions call um and i thought and and because obviously aconite they write for a lot of gaming worlds as well mm -hmm. so legend of the five rings and uh bioshock i think and um legion you know all sorts of stuff um and I'm not a particularly big gamer. Mm. Um, so I was a little bit panic stricken. I was thinking, <laughs> well, what if, you know, what if they asked me to write for something and I haven't even heard of it, let alone, you know, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to have to black. I'm just going to have to pretend. <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll watch like 12 hours of walkthroughs and I'll be fine. <laughs> so, uh, so when I sent in my, my submission pack, I just said, look, this is who I am. This is what I've already written. Um, I would absolutely love to write for Marvel, but I know that everyone is going to say this. Um, but if you think, you know, if, if you want to have a conversation, give me a call kind of thing. And they emailed back and they were like, yeah, we're really interested. Really glad you submitted. Do you, you know, so let's set up a, a Skype call or whatever. Um, so I was chatting with the editor, Lottie, um, and she she just said, so we'd really like a Brunhilde Valkyrie novel. And I just kind of went, I'm sorry, what? And, and she was like, yeah, or a Lady Sif novel, you know, from Marvel. And I was like, why are you talking to me? Why are you talking to me about Marvel? Kind of, you know, and I just, I honestly did not expect it in the slightest. So I think I might have been a little bit drunk on adrenaline because I went well what about a Brunhild and Lady Sif novel and they went perfect 
And then I was like, oh shit, now I've got to write it. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was, it was, uh, it's such a privilege. I mean, it, it is genuinely, it is genuinely a privilege to be trusted um, with, with characters like that. Um, and I mean, actually, I, I was trusted with a character in uh, Goth Girl Hollow, the Warhammer Horror novel as well, who doesn't appear right until the very end, so I can't spoil it. <laughs> um, but that was also, you know, what we want to do is we want to do such and such with such and such. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so, you know, I've been really, really lucky with the, you know, the, the tie-in stuff that I do it that I am getting, you know, these sort of remarkable opportunities. Um, and I mean, I, you know, I, I sort of bought a lot of the back copies of the comics and um, sort of went through those and thought, oh God, I don't have to write the whole book in Norse, in like fake Norse, do I? <laughs> um, but they were quite happy that I didn't have to do that because I was like 80,000 words of thou art is- yeah, um, yeah. Going to be exhausting for everyone involved. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, it was just it was it was a huge privilege. Um, it and it is a whole heap of fun as well because you know they're both really complex characters and Marvel were very happy for me to um introduce nuances to them as well. So I mean, Lady Sif the Reckless is you know she's known for her reckless nature, um, but also for her really strong sense of duty. So it was really nice to sort of create a tension between those two, mm. you know, her duty versus her recklessness. The fact that she will, that she's utterly devoted to Odin and Thor and the, and the rest of Asgardia. Um, but at the same time, if she thinks she can do something, she's going to go and do it. And that's where her sort of her impatience and her recklessness comes in. And at what point does her duty stop her? Or even worse, at what point does her recklessness make her ignore her duty? Um, so being able to explore stuff like that and, and to have Marvel's blessing was um, was just, you know, it was so exciting. Um, and then obviously, you know, Brunhild's complete dedication to her duty as uh, as the leader of the Valkyrior and, and you know, I, the, it's, the book is called The Serpent and the Dead for a reason, you know, so Brunhilde is faced with the possibility <clears throat> that she's failing in her duty. Um, and she sort of, she bases a lot of who she is as a person and her own self-worth off the fact that Odin chose her to be the leader of the, of the Valkyries. So when she realizes that she might be fucking that up, um, she's, she's just like, oh, you know, she's sort of, she's almost undone by it. And, and then she gets partnered up with Sif and Sif's like, let's just fucking go. <laughs> and, you know, it, it just introduces a really nice dynamic between are they going to go rogue? Are they going to go off script kind of thing? Um, or are they going to remember themselves when it matters and who they are and what they stand for? Um, so, yeah, it was nice because it, it was great to be able to take these iconic characters and then maybe push them into doing something that everybody knows they shouldn't do <laughs> and see whether they're actually going to go through with it or not. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just it's so much fun. So much fun. Yeah, it's really cool. I, I, uh, yeah, like I, I've always liked Sif personally. Brunhild, I like more. I've been researching Brunhild in particular for um, urban fantasy. I got a young girl that finds out she's like a Valkyrie, um, descended from a Valkyrie. And she's got to take her place kind of thing. Um, so I was doing a lot of research. So when, um, you know, when people were sharing, you know, your book, I was like, oh, that's so cool. Because I was like, oh, I love Sif. And <laughs> I think that was what people were talking about. And then when I saw that Brunhild was there, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, well, that's even cooler now. So yeah, double so, trouble. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man, that'd make a really good t-shirt. Marvel, are you listening? Um, yeah, I would, definitely, <laughs> I would definitely buy that <laughs> for sure. For sure. Uh, so what is one thing that you wish you could go back and Ooh. say to your past writing self? Sorry, the, can you see my dog? My dog's decided to oh, hey. <laughs> come and say hi. Look at this. We love familiars on the show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Everybody's um, always like, oh, sorry, my cat. I was like, oh, you're fine. I was like, yeah, he's sorry, I had, I, had a, I had a butt in my face. What was the question? <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, so what is one thing you wish you could go back and tell your past writing self? Yeah. Um, you know what? Because we were talking about, <laughs> we were talking about, um, the fact that I was really <laughs> was really stubborn and didn't give up. Um, I probably mm, I probably wouldn't say anything to do anything differently um, okay. because it That's did fair. work out in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Move. It did work out in the end. <laughs> We're about to get you a Star Wars contract for crying I mean, out loud. Exactly. So I feel like you're totally exactly. fine right now. <laughs> um. I don't know. I think uh, maybe one thing I wouldn't, because I did kind of hide away the fact that I was a writer for a long time. Like not a lot of mm. people knew about it. Gotcha. Um, and I think I'd probably just be more confident now about telling people, um, you know, I mean, just, just because you're not published doesn't mean you're not a writer. It doesn't mean you're not an author. Um, you know, and you've got to, if, if you don't have that faith in yourself to start with, then, you know, there's a possibility that you won't ever get anywhere. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd probably say just, you know, own it a bit more and, and be a bit prouder of it. I, I think that's a fabulous answer. I think that's a great thing. <laughs> I, I wish that I go back in time and just tell myself, like, just 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 write a little bit more. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I feel like I always get distracted by other people's books. So I'm trying to trying to be a little bit more proactive. But I think that's great. Though. I think that I think a lot of people could really can really relate to that because like I met a guy mm. the other day and he was like oh what do you do I was like oh I'm a teacher you know and then we were discussing things you know and I was like oh yeah you know I do a podcast I like to write you know and he was like oh he's like I'm a writer and I was like oh really and like but at first when he said it he sounded like he was like ashamed of it like yeah I'm a writer yeah. and I'm like no that's fine like so I I definitely understand that. I think a lot of people I, it's weird how there's such a can, like not everybody can, you know everybody can write you know but I don't think everybody can write like a book you know otherwise mm. we, you know we you know I think it's like 10,000 a day and you know it's published on Amazon or whatever but I still yeah. I mean I I rarely find people um you know I think I've met four people in my town that I live in now um and one of them was actually abroad actually um by my mother-in-law so really I've only met three in my town that write um, just in general, let alone write two of those, right. For one for horror, one for fantasy, um, you know, and not published. So I, I definitely, that's why I do podcasts. Cause you know, my wife's like, Oh, you're, you're talking about writing so much. Like go, go talk to an author. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, you know, cause it's, it is hard, you know, it's like being a teacher, but you have to go online to, you know, find people to talk to about teaching, you know, I'm a martial artist and I love talking mm. to other martial artists, you know, but it's like more, martial arts is more common than writing. You figure everybody could write, but they don't. So yeah. I definitely think that a lot of people, you know, could definitely relate to your answer because for some reason there's still a negative connotation with being a writer or an author. I think it's that there is. Yeah, not making is. money thing for most people, but it's like, you're still creating, you're still doing something. It's not like people go, oh, you're a painter, you know, like, you know what I mean? Like, I'm, I know that, you know, people might have a negative connotation for artists or something too, but I, I don't know. I just hear, I hear that more for writing for some reason. Than, yeah. Yeah, you know, definitely. Interesting. And then, and then the opposite is as soon as you do get published, instead of, oh, well, you're not published, you're not making any money from it is, oh, you are published. You must be rich. Yeah. Yeah. There's no in between. No. <laughs> in fact, you're probably so rich. I'm going to pirate your book. No. Yeah. Stop yeah. It. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I, oh yeah. Scream into the void on that on TikTok and yeah, on yeah. Facebook. I feel like that's another thing too, is I'm always like, please, please review an author. And someone says, says I'm like, did you review it though? And like a guy the other day on TikTok, he goes, who I, I um, talk to a lot. Cause he's like, Oh, I read that. I read that. And he's like, Oh, I don't review. And I'm like, why don't you review? I'm like, you're literally leaving money for an author on the table, you know? And so the other day he tagged me in something. He goes, don't worry. I reviewed it. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed so hard. So then I had to be that guy. I had to go, did you review the other 200 books that you read last year? <laughs> like, yeah, just keep going. Keep, yeah, keep like, it I'm working on it. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so who are some authors that you read who we should be reading? Oh my God. That is such a question. And oh, I have I know. so many people on my list. Uh, right. 
Okay. I'm going to just rattle them off. So people are going to have to like, just slow you down or something like. Uh, well, that's a nice thing. Yeah. Just pause and then you can <laughs> replay it. That's totally fine. It helps us with the minutes on YouTube too. So that's fine. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, okay. So I'm going to say uh, books that I have probably read in the last year or so. Um, the authors, um, Foz Meadows, Lee Mandela, Shelley Parker Chan, Tasha Ooh. Suri, Fonda Lee, uh Jen Williams, Octavia Butler, Kim oh, Sue, um, uh, uh, Andrea Stewart. Oh yeah. Um Stuart Turton, Stuart Hotston. That worked out well. Um Sam Hawke, oh, Devin yeah. Madsen, Melissa Ooh. Caruso, Rebecca Kwang. Um, Alex Harrow, Rowena Miller, Evan Winter. Oh, yeah. Um, God, those are some really good ones. <laughs> <laughs> I probably could keep going, but those are excellent, <laughs> excellent recommendations. So make sure at this point you pause, go back, listen to it again, write them all down, yeah. go buy all their Definitely. books, and review them. <laughs> Wow, those are some great ones right there. I was just at the library and um, I was trying to find Richard Swan, um, his first book. And it was oh, like, yeah, everybody just, only had book two. Yeah, everybody only had book two or whatever. And I was like, no, I, I need to read book one. And I was finally able to find it. Like somebody must have just brought it back to the library. And it was like, we went searching at like six different bookstores, like indie bookstores when I was out and about. And uh, I was just like, I got to have it now. My wife's like, well, just do this. I'm like, no, I'm like, I really want to read it like physically. <laughs> so I was like being, you know, kind of, kind of like childish, but I finally was able to find a <laughs> physical copy. Um, I just wanted to see it in person, you know? Mm. Uh, but yeah, like everybody had book two and I was like, no, I need book one. So yeah, I just, uh, I, I feel like sometimes it's really hard though. You know, like I was the other day I was there and I was like, it was so hard to pick now, you know, with I was like, well, I only have time for one library book this month because I got all these other ones, you know, that I'm reading. And mm-hmm. I'm like, where do you go from here? And I feel like the last few years in particular, you know, last four years in particular, with you know, traditionally published and indie publishing, it's like they just have both just you know, with, even with the pandemic, you know, just had so many great stories come out. And it's yeah. like I like we were at this one bookstore and I was like, I'm gonna try and just do four. It's about all I could fit in the car because since we're on vacation, I'm like. Like, what do I do? Do I buy, um, you know, she who became the son? Do I buy, you know, it was just like, there were like <laughs> 10 and my wife's like, there's no way all these are going to fit on the shelf, let alone bring them in the car. And I was like, you know, I, it, it's, it was really hard to pick. I literally never do this, but I was like, I waited till we were about to leave uh, for vacation because I already had enough to read just to decide for three days on what I was going to buy. And I felt like I was leaving children behind, you know? Like, yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. so painful. It's so painful. It, I mean, it's like, you know, you, I'm, I'm trying to write, I'm trying to work, I'm trying to do, you know, wrangle the dog, do all this other yeah. stuff. And I'm like, I, I just, I just want to read. I just want to yeah. stop and read. Um, but yeah, I mean, my, Honestly, since becoming an author, I read less than mm. before. Yep. Um, far less. <laughs> yep. And I think as well, I'm I'm far more likely to not finish a book as well. Whereas before, I would grit my teeth and grind it out and get to the end. Yep. Now, if I get you know ten percent, thirty percent, fifty percent in, and it's if it just suddenly stops working for me, I just have to put it down. Yep. Um, because there's so many books out there. Yep. And you know, I'm never going to be able to read them all, which is a source of unending disappointment. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, I mean, I, I used to be a massive rereader. I used to reread everything. Mm. You know, I mean, the number of times I've read The Lord of the Rings, the number of times I've read Green River Rising, the number of times I've read Discworld. Um, and now it's like it's only if I'm going on holiday I'll take. You know, I'll take two brand new books and a comfort reread. Oh, yeah. But other than that, I don't reread. And also, I haven't been on holiday in three years because of the pandemic. So. Yeah, that's <laughs> well, that's why we were like two weeks. I was like, yes, please. And I was like, oh, I'm going to get all this writing and reading done. And then I got through like the first half, I got through um, almost all of Hannah, or sorry, H.M. Long's um, Hall of Smoke. 
Uh, and then, you know, I, then I had to do finish up part of my novella. <laughs> so I just took it back. Then I went and read the, like a bunch more and then I got like stuck on something else for writing. So I was like, oh, I need to just like, maybe next time do one week of writing and then one week of reading or something. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Well, those are some great recommendations. So our audience will be full of reading for a while, but make sure you guys are reviewing. So uh, for that last yeah. one, there, uh, do you have any promos, news, updates, current projects you would like to share with us? You did say, you know, you got a book two coming here for, you know, I do. Yeah. So, so really um, yeah. So book two of the songs of the drown trilogy, first of all, uh, the Jaguar path is being published in February oh, uh, of next year. And then um, book three, because there's been a big gap between one and two, book three should then be out in December oh, of cool. next year um, so that we can sort of compress back down to, to get, the, get the trilogy finished. Oh, um, awesome. So, yeah, so Jaguar Path next February. Um, and then, yeah, so the, the super secret Marvel novel um, that we're not allowed to talk about should be out um around about may i believe next year oh that's cool um i've also got some projects in the work with black library oh, um, that's awesome. that are we're sort of at the negotiation stage and the you know the, the outlining stage so i don't really have dates for those i might have a novel out with them towards the end of next year oh that's cool but i'm not sure on that yet um and then finally um i have decided to start um, uh, an online writing course, which I'm oh, hoping to cool. launch next year, uh, next month, sorry. Um, <clears throat> it's SFF specific and it's a world building course. Oh, um, that's cool. So it's, it's an eight week online course. So there's gonna be three sort of tiers. You can either just do a self-study or you can do group coaching or you can do one-to-one -one coaching with me. Oh, um awesome. so all of the details for that are on my website at the moment uh which is anna-stevens.com um there's also somewhere on there that you can sign up to the the writing course um newsletter so that you can get you know the, the all the details about when it's when it's going live and stuff like that um yeah so that's, that's the first awesome. one I'm, I'm i'm hoping to do a few others i want to do a characterization one um, oh, and then cool. I might do some like some mini courses, like writing fight scenes and. Oh, that's really neat. Stuff like that. So yeah. yeah, you have to do more in the future because literally like <laughs> the next two months is like my worst time. I, I had to happen with a friend. He's like, oh, do you want? I was like, I want to do that so bad. I was like, but if I do, I was like, my wife's going to kill me. I was like, I'll have to like stop doing something. <laughs> like I was like, I have to stop interviewing or something for a while. I, nope. like, I just don't want, I have so many friends that have book twos and book threes coming out that were like, Hey, I really want to, you know, come back and I could use some help. And I was like, well, so I told her, I was like, I won't do anything till after, you know, like November. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's really awesome. But I'll make sure to, uh, to take a look at that in the future. I got to sign up for a newsletter still too. I keep cool. about that. So, um, but uh, for our audience, just want to remind everybody, you know, you can find all of Hannah's links in the description. I'm like a detective. Um, I think it's my historian background. I will literally find every good thing um, that she has and I will put it in that description for you. Um, so cool. I'll try to make sure I'll make a note here in a second. And I'll try and make sure uh, to remember to um, to put your course uh, link in there as a separate link. Uh, that way people can click right on it. I'll put a little tag in there too. Um, Great stuff. It's Thank really, you. Really easily able for people to find. Well, Hannah, th uh, Anna, thank you so much. I really enjoyed having you. I love, love, love your books. So it's always nice when I can Cute. get an author on. And I always really enjoy too talking to authors and then either rereading or reading something new that I haven't read of theirs yet. Cause it ends up, I just get a lot more out of it from, yeah. Yeah. You know definitely. what I mean? Yeah. So it's, that's one reason why I do podcasts with people. So. Yeah. Well, people thank you very much for having me on. It's yeah, been, course, uh, it's been course. great fun. Great yeah, fun. Anytime, anytime you want to come and chit chat, you know, maybe in the future we can get you, Richard, on for, you know, a <clears> little Marvel <throat> talk or something like that. That uh, would be cool. I that talked to him cool, about yeah. that. Yeah, I talked about that in the winter. He's like, yeah, let her know and let me know. So I was like, yeah, that just like I'm doing some book reviews right now. I got um, a couple of his and I got some other people. So I'm trying to get yours on there, too, before then. That way we could link everything up together and, you know, send people to the book review and this interview. So 
I think it'd be yeah that'd be great I'm definitely up for that awesome awesome well I will let them know and I will get a hold of you guys here in the fall that sounds excellent all right well you have a great rest of the day Anna and I hope that you know I get to talk to you soon on social media my friend yeah we will we will excellent have a good rest of the day thank you bye thanks bye cheers